I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay. So the last three podcasts, I've begun talking about the design of cons of Tarkir. And last time I started talking about uh, the card by card stories, and I got all the way through A. So I don't want to have 26 of these, so we're going to have to pick up the pace a little bit. So we start with B today. Um, we begin with Bear's Companion. So two green, blue, red. So five mana, green, blue, red. This is a teamer. For a 2-2 human warrior, but when it enters the battlefield, you get a 4-4 bear token. Um, and I think the bear token, I think it's green. I didn't write what color it was. Um, but, so this card originally, by the way, made a 4-4 that came with a 4-4. That when we actually enough that originally it made a three three that came with a three three because at the time of design, um, ferocious cared about power three. So we're like, okay, what what would a ferocious deck want? How about two three threes? Just to really cement home that you can't do it. So when it got changed from three to four in development, making two four fours they thought was a bit much. So they said, okay, well, what if we make a small guy that comes with the token? Um, the reason they made it a four four, sorry, a two two they made a four four token rather than a two the four four they made a two two token. Um, was twofold. One, in this world, bears are 4-4. Four, four. We set up, or bears are at least 4 power. We set that up. Bears are bigger, as, as they should be. Second is, there's more shenanigans that you could do if the enter the battlefield's the bigger effect. So it's just a more splashy, cool card if it makes a bigger token. So we had it make the 4-4. Four, four. Um, but it, anyway, it's, it's definitely, um, for some reason, when we did Teamer, I, it's funny, if you had asked me before the set came out what clan would get the most love from the audience, I wouldn't have said Teamer. That wouldn't have been my guess. Um, but then I hadn't yet seen the bear punching card. And Anyway, I, I, didn't, I didn't quite know all that Teamer had to offer. And one of the things was bears. Um, one, of the most, one of the most frequent requests I get on my blog and social media in general, when people ask for legendary creatures that we've never done, is a legendary bear. And had I known, had I realized how much bareness there would be in Teamer, I, I didn't really understand until the art was in, at which point I'd pass the point where I could do this. Um, if I realized how much bear, bear quality, bareness there was, I would have pushed for a legendary I would have made a legendary bear. That would have been our opportunity. In fact, the bear that, that Surak punched could have been a legendary bear. So anyway, I feel bad. I apologize to all the legendary bear wanters out there that really wanted a legendary bear. I let you down. Uh, when I see future opportunity, I will try to make a legendary bear. Okay, next, become immense. It's an instant that costs five in green, so six mana. Um, it's a delve card. Target creature gets plus six, plus six till end of turn. So delve, for those who don't remember, was in Future Sight. Um, it was, it's a mechanic that says, for every card I remove from my graveyard, I make my spell one cheaper. Um, delve originally was in black and blue in Future Sight. It was on two black cards and one blue card. Um... And, uh, so it felt neat to put it in Soltai, since Soltai was black and blue and green. So we got to make green delve cards for the first time. So one of the things that's fun is trying, one of the tricks to delve is you need expensive cards. It's not a lot of fun making super cheap delve spells, and the, the neat part about it is you have the ability to, to really change it if you have enough cards in your graveyard. So the idea here was, let's make a giant growth, but a little bigger, because giant growth isn't that expensive. So instead of plus three, plus three, let's do plus six, plus six, double giant growth. Um, and then the way delve tends to work is you add a certain amount of mana because it has delve. Um, so this spell probably would be, um, I don't know, two... 
2G, 3G, you know, two, 2 in green, 3 in green, somewhere on that. So that is up to 5 green, but you have the potential for it to be as low as green. That you have the potential for a giant growth, you know, that cost, giant growth costs, but double, double the giant growth. So that's exciting. Okay, next, Bellowing Saddle Brute. It's a black card. Three and a black for a 4-5 Orc Warrior. Uh, and it has Raid. And if you've Raided, meaning if you've attacked this turn, then you don't lose four life when it comes into play. Um, so that, so this does something a little quirky. A couple things. First off, it's an Orc. Um, magic, in the early days, we had lots of Orcs. And we really have sort of not done tons of Orcs recently. And so, um, cons managed to bring the orcs back. The orcs showed up in Mardu. So I don't think we made any white orcs, but there were red and black orcs. Traditionally, orcs have been a red thing, but here you get some black orcs finally. Orcs, orcs can be a little mean and selfish, and they, they also make sense in black. Um, okay, so the other interesting thing about this card is that as a raid effect that doesn't give you a bonus, it takes away a negative, which is a positive thing. Um, so the idea is, if you play this card, it's a 4-5 creature for 4 mana, if you haven't attacked this turn, well, then it costs you four life when you play it. So it's four mana and four life for a four or five creature. Not the best of bargains. I mean, not horrible, but nothing great, nothing special. Um, but the idea is, oh, well, if you've attacked, if you have raid, then guess what? You can avoid paying the four life. So it's a little bit different. We do that from time to time. We do mechanics. Um, it's always difficult to do it only because it gets complicated. The idea that if you've done this, then the bonus you get is a lack of a negative. So it's, uh, like the way it's worded, it's, I mean, it still says raid on it, raid's an ability word. The fact that it's an ability word allows us to, to word things a little, the, the way ability words work, for those that don't know, keywords mean this represents something. It, it specifically means this exact text. So you can't, you know, if something is keyworded, it means that thing. You can't twist it, it too much. An ability word means, well, I could not have this word here. The card tells you what it does. I'm just kind of reminding you that this is similar to other cards. And so ability words, we can be a little more loose. Because this card's text is not read exactly the same as most raid cards. Because it says, this doesn't happen if you didn't attack. Um, or this does happen if you didn't attack. Um, but the idea is, it's like raid. It rewards you for attacking. There's a gain for not attacking, which is the removal of a negative. So we were allowed to put raid on it, even though the text is slightly different. And the reason we can do that is because it's an ability word. Um, I know from time to time I bring up ability word versus keyword. Uh, that's the kind of thing in design that's important because there's they are different. For example, one of the biggest things is you can't reference an ability word. Let's say I want to make a card that cared about when raid happened, when raid triggered. I couldn't. Raid is not a keyword. I can't reference it. I can't reference ability words. The best way to think of ability words because they're in italics and they're before it is it's kind of invisible. It's just, it's kind of reminder text in some ways. It's telling you something and helping you, but that text doesn't need to be there. It's not supporting anything. And because of that, we can't reference it. Anyway, probably more than you need to know about ability words. Next, Bloodfell Caves. It's a land. Uh, enters the battlefield tapped. And when it enters the battlefield, you gain one life and it taps for black or red. So this was a cycle from Zendikar. Um, the idea was when we knew we were doing an uh, tricolor wedge set, um, we wanted to make sure we had enough mana for you. Um, we knew at higher rarities we were doing the fetch lands, but at lower rarities, what were we doing? And we decided this was pretty good. Um, it was from Zendikar. It, it, it does a nice job of being an enter the battlefield tap land, but having enough of a bonus that people, people like, like them. Um, 
Zendikar definitely messed around with Lottie having more lands with ETB abilities. Um, and so anyway, this is one of them. And so we decided to add this in. Um, this is an allied cycle um, because we knew we were giving you... Um, uh, the, fetches, the fetches were allied. One, one of the things I think that we did a lot of is the reason we gave a lot of allied cycles here was that they specifically went with one clan, that if you did enemy cycles, they branch over two clans, and it's tricky to know where they went creatively. So when you have um, allied stuff like this does, it's like, well, Black Red, well, it's Mardu, flavored as Mardu, it has to be Mardu, Mardu's the only wedge that has Black and Red in it. Okay, next, Bloodfire blood fire Mentor. Two and a red for zero five. I did not download the creature type. This is from um, Just Guy, so it's probably a a monk, that's uh, my guess. Uh, so two blue and tap, draw a card, and discard a card. Okay, so this, this was a controversial card for me. One of my pet peeves is this card was stuck in because they wanted to make sure that, I believe this is an uncommon, that there were cards that supported enemy color pairings. Uh, and the reason is that um, we wanted you to draft enemy color first and then you had options to go into one of two different wedge colors. So the, one of the things to encourage you to draft correctly is we made sure to put in cards that sort of encourage enemy color. There's no, there's very little ally encouragement. There's a little bit of lands, but there's no spells that encourage ally stuff. We encourage you to do enemy, and then you can branch in and do wedge. Um, my problem with this card, it's a subtle design thing, is... Um, one of my pet peeves as a designer is when you do an off-color activation, meaning when a color has another color to activate, what you want to do is give that color access to something that that off-color color has access to that you don't. Um, and there were two cards. When I went through the file, I, I, one of the things I do once it's in development is I'll occasionally go through the file and make notes. Uh, this was one of my big notes. It ended up not getting changed. Um, I think only because I caught this a little later than I should have. Um, but anyway... This card does looting in blue. And red can do looting. So I wasn't super fond. It's like, hey, red can go to blue to do something it can do in red. Now, given blue looting is slightly better than red looting, blue looting, you discard, then draw, where red looting, I'm sorry, blue looting, you draw, then discard, where red looting, you discard, then draw. So this is blue looting, which is slightly better than red looting. That's in the end while I said, okay, I guess, because technically it's doing something red can't quite do, which is blue looting, but um, it annoyed me a little bit and just like there's all sorts of things blue can do that red can't do. Let red do something with the blue activation that red can't do that blue can do. So this one irks me a little. So there's one that comes, I'll be talking, I don't know if I'll get into it today or in a later podcast, but there, there were two cars that did this. This one, I, I was like, okay, at least it's blue looting. It's slightly better. Um, the other one really bugged me. I wasn't able to change the other one. I tried, but I wasn't able to. But we'll get to that one. Um, and then, this is, by the way, one of the things, um, there's a lot of aesthetics to design. There's a lot of little things that matter. And when I look at a file to give notes, a lot of things I care is I'm not worried about balance. I'm not worried about a lot of developmental issues. Developmental worry about those issues. Those aren't my issues. My issue is there's just a lot of nice aesthetics to design, one of which is like, if I'm going to another color, give me access to something I don't already have. It's like, I don't want a red card. It's for white men. I can gain first strike. You know, I don't want a... A black card that's green, I can regenerate. You know, I don't, I don't need to go to another color to get the thing I already have in this color. That, that, anyway, that, so that's a little insight into kind of some design issue type things. Okay, next, Blood Soaked Champion, 
black for a 2-1 human warrior. Can't block. And for raid, uh, so if you attack with a creature this turn, you can have, there's an activated ability for one and a black, and you can return it from the graveyard to play. So this is a creature that keeps coming back. Um, but it only comes back if you've attacked for the turn. Um, and the neat thing about it is, the reason it says can't block is, a lot of times when we have things that keep coming back from the graveyard, if we want to use offensively, we have to do something to make it offensive and not defensive. Well, if it can't block, it can't be defensive. So guess what? Attack with this. The neat thing about this card is, it also enables itself, which means if I have two of these, um, I can attack with one. If you kill it, the next turn I can attack with the other, and when that one attacks, I can bring back the first one. Um, and so I, I, once they have two in play, I can sort of keep them coming out, because even if you block and kill them, um, they can attack and trigger the other one to come back. Um, and this was definitely one of those... Um, one of the neat things when you're trying to do a mechanic like Raid is try to find, you know, at higher rarities, kind of cooler things you can do. And the idea of... An, rather than an enter the battlefield effect, which most of them do, is this is a triggered ability. And not triggered, this is an activated ability. Um, that's not something we did a common, but it was a neat way to use Raid and just a, somebody to up it a little bit. Okay, next, Briber's Purse. An artifact, cost X. Um, uh, so this is called Bag of Gold in uh, design. So when it enters the battlefield, you get X gem counters. For X is the cost of the card. Um, you, you pay X. And then one, remove a gem counter. Target creature can't attack or block this turn. So this was completely top-down. We were in, uh, we were in warrior, you know, war, warlord world, and we wanted, um, you know, we wanted the clans that definitely had this quality of it's, it's a rough world. So we made a card, it was called Bag of Gold in design, and the idea was I can just bribe people. If, you know, if I get in trouble, like, I don't want you to attack, I don't want you to block, here, here, don't attack or block me, will you? Um, anyway, it was very flavorful. It went for, I mean, other than the name change, um, we originally had gold counters that got changed to gem counters. Um, but other than, I mean, other than a little bit of creative changes, it, it uh, pretty much stayed as is. It cost X in the thing. Um, I'm not sure. I, for a while, it might have been just tap and remove. I think may, maybe... I forget, I forget whether we added the one in design or development. We might have added it in design. Um, but anyway, this card pretty much as we designed it showed up in print. So that's pretty cool. Okay, next. Butcher of the Horde. One red, white, black for a... So four mana, red, white, black. So it's Mardu. For a 5-4 demon with flying. Sacrifice another creature. You, you can gain vigilance, lifelink, or haste until end of turn. So one of the cool things is it's giving you abilities. Um, it almost did it perfectly. So vigilance is in white, um, lifelink is in white or black, and haste is in red or black. Um, I think when we first made this card, instead of vigilance, it was first strike. The reason I believe that is first strike overlaps red and white, lifelink overlaps white and black, haste overlaps red and black. Um, I believe it got changed to vigilance because first strike was too good. Um, vigilance overlaps green white, so it's not quite like once again. This, you tell the little designer aesthetic in me. It's like, oh, it was, it was so perfect. Um, but one of the things I've learned is aesthetics are great, but if gameplay is bad, gameplay will trump aesthetics. So that original card was a little cuter and a little neater design, but I'm sure if development took out First Strike, it was because First Strike was causing problems. And I can imagine that. One of the problems with First Strike is the threat of First Strike is usually very potent. If you know I have a 5-4 creature, I never even have to sacrifice a creature. You just know I can have First Strike, so you tend not to block. Um, so it just kind of makes them unblockable. Um, the other story about Butcher the Horde is interesting is we were trying to bring back a Delve card. So one of the Delve cards we wanted to bring back was the Demon. And at first, 
we were told by creative we couldn't bring it back because there wasn't demons here. Because at the time, there weren't demons. Then, later on, there was a note that happened during development that uh, they felt we were kind of low on iconics. That, like, uh, so dra- dragons, sphinx, um, angel, angel, sphinx, uh, demon, dragon, uh, hydra, the five iconics. Um, and we were just kind of low on them. We had hydras. There were no dragons because the dragons were all dead. I think there weren't any angels. Uh, there weren't demons originally. And I don't think there were sphinxes because we didn't want big flying things. So I don't think... So hydra was the only creature, the only iconic there. I'm like, wow, we're low on iconics. Could we get something else in? I'm like, oh, well, demons don't have to fly. We were trying to avoid having big giant flyers because we're trying to make the feel of dragons being gone. Um, well, this actually does fly. So, But anyway... Um, Anyway, they decided that, okay, I guess we could have demons, and they later added demons in. But we forgot to sort of mention back that the reason we didn't do the Delve card was because there were no demons, but then that decision changed. So no one sort of circled back around and said, oh, wait a minute, if there are demons, then we could have that card. So I apologize for those that wanted a returning um, Delve card. Uh, In retrospect, if we had figured it out, we could have done the demon, um, the Tomb tomb Stalker demon, I think. because one the other question is, are there tombs? Yeah, there's. We see tombs of the dragons. Um, so, anyway, that is the story. Okay, next up to sea. Oh my God, up to sea! Uh, Chief of the Edge, white black for a three-two human warrior. Other warriors you control get plus one plus zero. Oh. Then there's Chief of the Scale, white black, uh, two-three human warrior. Other warrior creatures you get plus zero plus one. So note, it's essentially a base 2-2. It has the ability pre-applied to it, and then it says other. We do that a lot. So one's a 3-2 because uh, all warriors get plus one, so the other's a 2-3 because all other warriors get plus zero, plus one. These were a pair made together. One of the things we try to do is we do not do heavy tribal on all sets, but we try to do at least a little bit of tribal on all sets. And one of the things that... Um, Players like, like tribal stuff. It's fun. It's easy to figure out, oh, care about this word, you know, this creature type. And we, we normally will do, in a block, we normally will do one tribal if it's not a major thing. We don't always do it, but usually we do one. This time we ended up being warrior. We were trying to play up all the different clans. We were trying to find a creature type that would cross over clans. Warrior worked pretty well. Um, one of the weird things that happened, so those that are wondering why it ended up in white and black, because traditionally the way it works in normal magic is... White and blue have soldiers, red and green have warriors, and black will go between the two, depending on more of the flavor of the set. Um, so white traditionally doesn't have warriors that have soldiers. So why is warriors a white and black thing? And the answer had to do with, they were try- uh, d- development, design had tagged warriors as being a thing. And then when development was trying to fix the set, they were having trouble finding a, f- a white-black theme. Uh, for those that don't know, um, certain colors tend to lean in certain directions, and so it's very clear what they're doing. White-black is one of the troubled childs. If you look at white-black, white-black bunches it around a lot. It doesn't quite have the clean archetype that's like... Red-white, for example, is going to be aggressive. Small, weenie, aggro. It's pretty much what red-white does. So whatever set you stick it in, red-white's going to be doing that. Um, white-black, it's not fast, it's not slow. It, it, it has a little bit less of an identity. And white-black really needed an identity. So the idea was there was going to be warrior tribal... Could we use that? And the idea was, well, in this world, sure. I mean, everybody can be a warrior. It's pretty wild. You know, there's not a lot of soldiers. There's more a a plane of warriors than a plane of soldiers. Um, So the idea of making warriors matter was we had moved everybody to warrior anyway for flavor purposes. And they're like, well, the whites are warriors. Why don't we just make the warrior a white-black thing? Which is fine in the draft. 
The problem that costs outside of draft is most of White's cards that would want to go in a warrior deck aren't warriors or soldiers. Usually White is soldiers. So we made something that worked within block but was troublesome looking backwards. And a lot of people were frustrated because, like, historically, red and green are a lot more of the warrior colors. But the reason it was chosen this way had to do with limited archetype and trying to build something within the set that was advancing other agendas. So that's why it ended up being white-black. Um, I, I get the frustration in sort of in the big meta way, but that, that's why it went here. Okay, next, Clever Impersonator. Two blue-blue for a 0-0 zero, zero shapeshifter. Uh, it enters the battlefield as a copy of any non-land permanent. So this card is weird because it copies not just creatures. We do that all the time. It can copy a planeswalker. Not completely weird. At least that's kind of a creature. It can copy an enchantment. That's weird. It can copy an artifact, even a non-creature. That's weird. Uh, so it does... It's very clever, this impersonator. It can... Per- like, it's a lamp. It's a... I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I, let, let's believe he's using magic. Or he or she is using magic and... The reason you can't tell is it's, it's an illusion or something. But uh, very clever impersonator. Um, this is one of those cards, by the way, that when you make it, you expect the creator to come back and go, okay, what is this thing? He comes in and he's, look, he's a ring. He's a boot. He's, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the card mechanically. The, the, this is one of those cards where the Melvin in me goes, oh, that's an awesome card. There's so many cool things you can do with that card. And the Vorthos in me goes, oh, come on, what, what? So... Sometimes Melvin gets to win. We make cards that are just really awesome to play with. And creatively, you just got to go, okay, he's using magic. Okay, D, 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 D. Death Frenzy. Death Frenzy is three black green sorcery. So it's five mana, one black, one green. All creatures get minus, minus, minus two, minus two until end of turn. And you gain one life for each creature that dies this turn. Uh, so the idea is I kill a lot of things, and then I gain life off the things that die. Um, this is definitely set up so that you could have combat first, and then after everybody's done their combat math, you go, ha ha, messed up your combat math, and then kill a lot of things, and then you gain life off them. Um, it does gain life off your things dying, because uh, the idea is, hey, somebody, you know, sometimes i got to sacrifice some of my own things to, to gain things, so it does cut your creatures, especially because a lot of times when things die, especially in combat, well, yours are going to die too, but at least in this way, you can kill a lot of things off, and then uh, get some benefit for the things dying. Deflecting palm, red white, instant. The next time a source of uh, a source of your choice would deal damage, prevent it, then deal that much damage to the source's controller. Um, so one of the things that we were messing around with with in Jeskai was they were the 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 Sultai, the Sultai, the the Shaolin monks, right? They were the they studied and they know martial arts and, you know. So one of the things we wanted to do is we definitely wanted to capture a couple of the, the tropes. Well, one of the ideas, they, you know, the, um, what's it called, um, Aikido? Where you, you turn your enemy's um, strength against themselves, where, like, they do something and you, and you, you take their own, um, their own strength and you put it back in. So it's like, you've thrown a punch at me. Aha, but I've deflected that to you. So deflecting palm. Um, so we thought this, this, this definitely has sort of a kung fu sort of feeling to it. Is Aikido right? Okay, if I had that wrong, I'm sure I'm messing up the word, but uh, those who know what I'm talking about hopefully know what I mean. Okay, next. Uh, despise. So Despise is a sorcery for black. Um, target player reveals his or her hand, and you get to choose a creature or planeswalker from it. So you might recognize this card as Ostracize, 
which did the same thing, except it was just a creature. And now the Planeswalkers are in the game. We decided, I talked about this in another podcast, that Black was going to be one of the creatures that had answers for Planeswalkers. So we're like, okay, not only can it destroy Planeswalkers, but okay, how about it also can force discards in it? So we decided to upgrade um, Ostracize to make it a little more tournament playable. Being able to go after Planeswalkers definitely did that. And so Ostracize became Despise. You can see the creative team uh, kept the name similar. Okay, next. Dig through time. Okay. So, uh, every set has a few cards. So people go, what? What were you thinking? Um, so this card turned out to be... Well, I mean, to be fair to development, I don't think this card was a problem in standard. It just was a problem in older formats. And one of the things is, we can't cost things to match older formats. We kind of, like, if it... We need to cost them for the current format, and if they cause problems in older formats, then we'll deal with them in older formats. Uh, I always like to say we don't want to hold the present hostage to the past. That if cards of the past or environments of the past do things, well then, you know, we'll, we'll deal with them in that format. Like, if, if this card causes a, product, pro- a problem in an older format, let the older format deal with it. I mean, if it causes a problem in, in standard, okay, it's a problem, cost it correctly. Um, but Dig Through Time, by the way, is an instant for 6 blue blue, 8 mana, with Delve. Look at the top 7 cards of your library, put 2 in your hand, and the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. So essentially it's draw 2, but draw 2 with some choices. Um, you know, draw the best 2 of your top 7. Um, and this has proven to be a mighty, mighty fine card. Now one of the problems, by the way, is in older formats, um, for those that might not be aware of this, blue is a little nutty in older formats. We... When, when, when Magic first came out, the colors from a power level were not remotely balanced. Um, one only needs to look at the Power 9. The Power 9 is um, the Black Lotus, five, um, uh, the five Moxes, and three blue cards! The three broken non-artifact things, and note that blue could play all the artifact things, were blue cards. Um, Ancestral Recall, Time Walk, Time Twister. So, blue started the game with a leg up. Um, and then there, there are some very powerful tools given to Blue early beyond just the stuff given in Alpha. And anyway, Blue early on was definitely um, a powerhouse. In older format, especially in Vintage, that's just still true. Blue just has a lot of things that we... Once we tried to fix the game and, and sort of took out the broken stuff, we didn't make more broken stuff in the other colors. I mean, not on purpose. So there's just a little more broken things in blue than there are in the other colors. So older format, especially vintage, will skew toward blue. So when we make a really good card, also the older formats are able to cast more spells and get more things in the graveyard quicker. So delve is just naturally stronger in older formats. It's just easier to fill up your graveyard. It's just easier to get mana and cast spells and stuff. So anyway, Dig Through Time ended up being mighty good. Had to be dealt with in older formats. Um, but a fun card. Okay, Dragon Throne of Tarkir. It's an artifact equipment that costs four. Equipped creature uh, has Defender and two and tap. Other creatures you control get plus X, plus X until end of turn. And Trample, where X is the creature of the equipped... The power of the equipped creature. So the idea is, if you sit in the throne, you power all those around you. So one of the things that we did early on, the creative team did early on, was when concepting the world, they had the idea that one of the dragons... Um, which, which, I forget which dragon it was. It's the black red dragon. Which one is the black red dragon? Ah! I forget off the top of my, the top of my head. Um... Kolagon? I know. Whatever the black red dragon is. One of the dragons that his um, skull would be a throne for the leader of one of the clans. And it ended up being. Um, um, uh, see, 
This is my problem is I'm not good with names. I get in the car and I have to remember names. Uh, uh, Zergo, uh, the, um, the, the orc clan leader. And he uh, was in Mardu. And so we decided that we wanted to make one of the dragon skulls a throne. Just, just to sort of like, not only are the dragons dead, but, you know, it's really hammer home. Because we wanted you to see the dragons in Khan's Tarkir. It was very important that the, you got the essence of the dragons. And that the dragons were being dead, well, one of the great ways to do that is show the remains of the dragons in use. Well, one of the dragons, literally, their skull is an artifact in this set. How do I more confer the dragons are dead than the skull of the dragon is the throne of Zergo, right? So, anyway... So that, that was one of those cards where we had the image. We knew there was going to be a dragon throne. We knew it was the skull. It was just a matter of, okay, we have to make that. I, I think when they did the concept art for Zergo, he was sitting in the throne, I, I believe. But anyway, so we knew, that's what we knew we were going to make. Okay, dragon scale boon. Three and a green for an instant. Put two plus and plus counters on target creature and untap it. A couple things going on here. One is um, plus and plus one counters is something that green and white tend to do the most of. Any color can stick plus one plus one counters on themselves. Uh, that's just a growth mechanic, and all, all colors can, can get bigger for things. Um, green and white are the two colors that most, most often put it on other creatures. Um, I think green is number one and white is number two. Usually when white does it, it's in smaller amounts, and green will put more, multiples on. Um, anyway, one of the themes in um, Obzon was plus one plus one counters. Obviously, the outcast mechanic put plus one plus one counters on. Um, and so one of the ideas was there were, in order, like I said, one of the things that we had done um, was we wanted to make sure that there was some synergy for having plus one counters. Uh, we did a little bit in design, development way doubled down on it in development. And so um, putting plus one counters on creatures, A, is always good. We do it normally. It just makes them bigger. But in this set, there's an advantage to having plus one plus one counters. So this spell sort of tied things together and made, you know, help... It, like, it would go in any deck, but in an Obzon deck, it even had extra value. The other interesting thing is it untaps the creature. So for a long time, that was in White's part of the pie, that White would untap creatures and surprise thing. Ha-ha, you know it's blocking you and not blocking you. Um, one of the things we do from time to time is when we're having trouble somewhere and we realize that a color needs something, we'll look at a color that maybe is overstuffed somewhere. So green needed a little bit of help. Green needed some means to be a little bit more defensive. And I'm like, you know what? White has lots of ways to be defensive. It's got vigilance. I think it's green as vigilance too, but white has more vigilance. Um, and it has lots of tricks and things it can do um, to stop. You know, there's lots of spells it can do and things it can do if you have damage getting through that isn't blocked, for example, um, where green doesn't. And, and green tends to want to use this creature. So we're like, well, what if we took untapping, like untap a single creature? I think white still has untap all creatures, but a singular, like a combat trick to block. Let's put that in green. Let's make that a green thing instead of a white thing. And we talked about it in card crafting. And the idea was, look, green could just use it more than white. White has duplication. There's other ways for white to sort of fill in the gap here. Green doesn't have that, and green could really use it. And we like, to, we like green to use its creatures to solve its problems wherever we can. So it just seemed like a perfect fit, so we did that. Okay, next. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm, uh, let me finish up D, and then we'll end for the day. Uh, Dragon-style twins. Three red-red, three-three human monk. Double Strike Prowess. So one of the fun things about Prowess was finding ways to combine with it. It was in red, blue, and white. So we, we liked to combine it with abilities that made sense where getting bigger mattered. Double Strike, very much so. Um, and so uh, Prowess is sort of cool because in some level for Double Strike, it means for every non-creature spell I cast, I do two additional damage, um, which is pretty cool. So, so anyway, um, and then 
uh, the idea of twins, uh, the, 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 we didn't actually plan this, or did we? I'm not sure whether we, we named this the twins or not, but uh, I like the idea also that the, the, one of the themes you see a lot in sort of uh, um, martial arts stuff is the idea of twins fighting together. So anyway, that, that played in here, and the double strike is because there's two of them. I thought that was cute. Finally, Dune Blast, the final card for today. Four, white, black, green, so seven mana, Obzon, white, black, green, sorcery, choose one creature, destroy the rest. So the way this card came about was um, Gavin was making um, you, uh, From the Vault. And From the Vault was uh, like From the Vault Annihilation, I think it was called. It, it, it was just things that blew everything up. Um, and one of his problems was he was trying hard to get representatives from all the colors. So he came to me and said, look, we're going to do a preview card. Um, can you... Now, I don't even know if the card ended up... I don't know if it ended up being a preview card, but at the time it was going to be a preview card. I don't know whether... Maybe, maybe it made in the set. But he came to me and said, we're going to do a preview card. I have no green cards that blow things up. Green doesn't blow things up. Could you... I know you are making... You know, I want to put in a wedge card. Could you make a wedge card that's black, white, and green? Black and white do destroy creatures. Could you make a black, white, green card so you're... Or I think he just said, could you give us a green card that can destroy things. I don't care if there's other colors in it. Can you do that? And I said, oh, yeah, I can. I knew we were doing Wedge. I wanted to put a Wedge preview card in, and green with black and white was beautiful because black and white are the colors that do this. So the idea is, well, what if green kind of protects something? That's what green does. Green says, I'm going to save a creature, and white and black do what white and black does, which is I'm going to destroy everything. And they put them together, you got a pretty cool card. Um, one of my, I forget who my team made this. I want to say Gottlieb, but one of my team members, I, I said to them, guys, I won an Obzon uh, creature kill card, but I want it in, in Obzon, I, 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 and I wanted to feel black, white, and green. And somebody came back with this card, and I think like I said, I think it was Gottlieb, and uh, it, it was like, perfect. Like, awesome. It went in the set. It was one of the earliest things we did, uh, and it stayed all the way through. Um, and it's, it's just an awesome card. So, Okay, I made it all the way to D. So I, I did three letters today. Maybe found this pattern I will finish before the end of time. Um, but we are done for today because I'm in my parking space. And uh, what we all know that means, means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So I'll see you next time for more Cons of Tarkir.